Welcome to Toronto Under Construction, a podcast about everything Toronto real estate. Welcome to Toronto Under Construction, a podcast about everything Toronto real estate. First off, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Cameron Stevens Mortgage Capital. I'm your host, Ben Myers, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Steve Cameron. Thanks for coming out to uh, my neck of the woods. Hey, hey, hey. Steve Cameron here. Thanks for having me and excited to get this thing rolling. Nice. So uh, for this first episode, we kind of wanted to introduce ourselves and uh, chat a bit about our expertise. So so Steve, why don't, you, why don't you tell me the Steve Cameron backstory? How did you get into real estate? And, uh, and, uh, and you know, just give me your general thoughts on you know, what's happening in the real estate market in Toronto. Well, isn't that a loaded question? What's going on in the real estate market and how did I get started? <laughs> As for myself, Ben, uh, what do you want to know? Where I, how, how I got started in real estate or where I was born and where I, I, from I, I hear you know some people that are also in real estate, maybe in your family. Maybe yeah. you can uh, you know, tell us a bit about that. Well, actually, it's an, interesting, uh, it's an interesting story how I got started because I never intended to end up in real estate. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people... Uh, given my name and the name of the company, I think maybe it was part of the plan from the get-go. But uh, when I graduated university, I thought uh, I was going to end up in sports marketing for sure. I thought maybe go work for the Leafs or the Jays. And I had taken a job with uh, a company called Publicist to do advertising with the Toronto Blue Jays. And I thought that was my uh, my calling in life. Um, I got talked out of that job by, uh, by a few close mentors and ended up taking a job with Xerox and I became a photocopier salesman door to door grinding it out picking up business cards and trying to flip a couple boxes to the local uh, (laughs) marketing companies around Toronto and uh, I did that for two years and realized that that probably wasn't my calling and uh, decided at that point that I needed something a little bit more fun in my life and that fun thing at that time was selling beer so <laughs> oh, I went from being a door-to-door photocopier salesman to the key account manager for Labac Canada downtown Toronto, and I had all the major accounts, all the big stadiums, and it was awesome for about six months. <laughs> and I woke up one morning and said, I don't think this is for me either. I, I think there's something more uh, out there in, in terms of what I want to be and what I want to do with my time, something with more purpose and meaning. And... Uh, and I had a father who was in uh, in the commercial real estate lending business named Scott Cameron, and he has a, he had a company called Cameron Stevens Mortgage Capital. I, quite frankly, knew some stuff about it, but it was never, was never like I said, uh, part of the plan. So I didn't really uh, think that I was going to end up there, but I had a couple conversations with him and said, how could, you know, we could, how could we potentially make this work? Um, and through those conversations, I took a job at Home Trust also known as Home Capital, which uh, most more recently has has, uh, has been in the news quite a bit, but did uh, residential underwriting there for two years, some small commercial, and then eventually moved over to join Cameron Stevens. Actually, LinkedIn told me yesterday it's been eight years. So nice. eight, years, eight years at Cameron Stevens and started as an analyst there. I've, uh, I've worked my way up through the ranks and now the vice president of... Uh, of, uh, develop, of business development originations. I take care of the sales and marketing and, uh, and primarily the production there. So we're on, uh, we're on track this year to do a billion dollars in new business. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's exciting. So, so that's what, me. Yeah. So what, what, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give my intro and then we'll, you know, get a little bit more into, you know, what you guys uh, do over there. So 
I run a company called Bullpen Research and Consulting, and I started this company in uh, in 2017, essentially doing uh, you know market studies and, and research for developers, lenders, landowners. Um, I too, you know, graduated from uh, from university actually in Texas. Uh, I was there playing baseball. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had my. Uh, were, you, were you a scholarship ball player? I was a scholarship ball Not player. Not a big deal. I was a pitcher. You know. <laughs> You know, uh, lefty or righty? Righty, yeah. If I was was a lefty, I might still be playing, but yeah, I hurt my arm my second year. Uh, Still actually need Tommy John surgery, so uh, we will, uh, not getting that anytime soon, though. Yeah, so so I graduated, had no idea what I wanted to do. Just, you know, went on the internet and looked at jobs, monster.com. And uh, and monster.com around back then? Yeah, 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 way back when, way back when in in, in the year 2001. (laughs) 2001. Um, and yeah, so I got a job tracking the Dallas Fort Worth housing market and, uh, you know, just you know, so completely different than, than here, you know, single detached homes. Are you, uh, are you born and raised Toronto or are you I'm, born and raised? I, in- yeah, I'm from Guelph, Ontario. So oh. an hour out of, out of, hour out of Toronto. So we had a, you know, very strong baseball team, national championship team. So, you know, half our team you know, ended up in the United States on, on baseball scholarships. So. Yeah, so it's, so it's interesting. Dallas is a very you know different place than here in terms yeah. of uh, uh, political uh, swinging, and uh, also it's it's you know it's essentially a sprawl market to the max. Yeah. So I worked that job for a year. Uh, interestingly enough, nine eleven happened, and uh, and my company was heavily in uh, the one of the investors in my company was heavily invested in hotels and motels, and, and so they started losing a lot of money on that because people were scared to travel, uh, and so they ended up shutting down the Dallas office. And I said, yeah, it's about time that I moved back to Canada, got a job, essentially doing the exact same thing, the office in Vaughan, getting paid peanuts. Uh, so probably all the hours that I worked, I was probably making less than minimum wage. Was but that with Trimart? That was Trimart. Trimart. Yeah, it was Trimart. Trimart research. Shout out to Trimart <laughs> It was a learning experience, right? I, I went out and visited all the sales offices and just got the lay of the, the land. And yeah, no more no more sixty thousand dollar homes on fifty foot lots, right? It was uh, you know back then it was two hundred seventy five thousand for a you know fifty foot lot. So uh, which I thought was absolutely crazy at the time, but you know that same house is probably one point six million dollars in Vaughn, right? So yeah. it was shocking that the, the, the you know the amount we missed of that bus. <laughs> happened over over fifteen years, right? So yeah, I worked there for a couple of years. Ended up you know at Clayton Research and uh, working on uh, residential market studies. Um, you know, super smart people over there, all you know, PhDs and master's degrees. That was the. How did you, was, get, how did you get hired? They, yeah, how did you I, sneak I, in there? I think they, they must have made a mistake or something. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, it was it was a good experience. Just you know, just everyone was like just so smart, right? It was probably like the the greatest two year uh, in terms of learning curve in, in in the market. So that was good. And, and yeah, and obviously, I'm I'm, I'm well known for uh, for having worked at uh, Urban Nation tracking the high rise condo market. Really, when it was. The market switched over from low rise to, to high rise. Give um, give us uh, just for our listeners who are getting caught up on all this. this is a lot of information. Just quick thirty second uh, overview of what Urbanation was and what it's evolved to today, and how you helped it grow from yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's, a it's, smaller it's, shop to, to quite yeah, a it was uh, it was basically a two three person operation tracking the high rise condo market, new resale. I introduced a, a condo rental report, obviously because of the. Uh, the massive amount of investors that were buying in the in the market, and everyone's very concerned about you know what the rental rates were and where they were going. Um, and now they, since I've left, they've acquired uh, you know um, 
um, uh, land company, so they track the, the, the land market. They're also tracking the purpose-built rental market for newer projects. So they've expanded and they've gone out to Hamilton and some other some other additional markets. So yeah, so uh, great organization, still friends with the, were, with the folks over were there. Were they one of the innovators in, in sort of research papers and then publishing them online and providing market data for developers? Because yeah, I know that from my standpoint in, in uh, you know, every deal that we do from a lending perspective, we do a market analysis and, you know, the tools we have online are phenomenal today. But I listen to um, some of the older guys in our or, in organization, in our industry, and they talk about how they used to do their market data. And it was like you said, driving around to the sales center, pretending you were a buyer, collecting information, <laughs> picking up a uh, brochure and a couple pamphlets, then going to the next one and getting the sales sheets. And then coming back and then compiling all that data and presenting that to, in my case, the credit committee. But obviously, you know, like the likes of the Urban Nations and um, the Real Nets of the world, and there's an Urban Analytics out uh, that's predominantly out west in Calgary and, uh, or sorry, I should say Alberta and British Columbia, where we have offices. Um, you know, it's, it's really changed the game and, and allowed, you know, from a developer and a lender standpoint, it's, it's really streamlined the process. So, is, would you say Urban Nation was? Was a trailblazer in that regard, or yeah? I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, obviously, Andy Brother had a report that ended that he ended up selling to uh, the folks at RealNet and became RealNet's uh, kind of the basis for for their report. Yeah, shout, out, shout out Andy Brother. We got to get him on. He'd yeah, be a great guest. Andy's on. Uh, Andy is awesome. Um, and then obviously, Trimart had their low rise report, and Urbanation was around since you know 1981. Eve Lewis, and yeah. at that time, I think uh, was was partnered with uh, Barry Lyon from. Uh, mm-hmm. And Barry Lyon and Associates. So there was uh, there was that report out there, and, uh, and I think Urbanation was definitely a pioneer in terms of the analysis. Where you know a lot of times RealNet was just simply the data. We give you the data, and you do your own analysis, right? And they and they partnered a bit with uh, Barry Lyon in terms of providing some additional analysis. But uh, that's what I was proud of at at Urbanation that we were not only collecting the information but providing the analysis on it. So we're you know getting into the weeds, and that helps you better understand the the big picture. Right, so so I thought we did some some great stuff over there. Uh, I went over to the development side for a little while, uh, which was you know it's interesting. We had we had twenty four different development partners and really got to get inside the sales, get inside marketing, get inside uh, financing. Get, get a look at the full scope of the project, uh, yeah, opposed the full to scope just the, the planning or the market research. And, but you know, I, I wanted to be back in the research side. I'm a research guy. That's what I'm known as. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an analyst, you know, uh, Canada's tallest real estate analyst, as my uh, my Canada's. Twitter handle will uh, <laughs> attest to. I, I don't know if that's proven. I ran into uh, a guy at a development company, and he was uh, taller than me, and I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm an analyst. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just change it. Second tallest. Second tallest. Uh, like best glasses in the industry for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I, uh, I guess we've, we've gone over our careers and, and, you know, what I do now. And uh, But I want to talk a little bit about uh, your company and, uh, and, you know, how you guys do uh, do your underwriting, how you pick deals, how you kind of source the deals, how you fight off your competition for deals. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the dirt, the skinny that people like to, to hear about. For sure. Yeah. So much like, uh, this podcast, our company started, uh, with, a with an idea, uh, and two people getting together, deciding that, you know, I have one set of expertise and you have the other set of expertise, one being the uh, origination and underwriting skills and the other individual having the financial resources or capability to invest in uh, projects and they decided let's put something together and pair some of what we call private capital or mezzanine capital with institutional money 
Um, so sort of the uh, the day one of Cameron Stevens, even before Cameron Stevens was Cameron Stevens, it was a $25 million private fund, uh, but there was, was it was hardly even a fund. It was evolved into a fund, but it was one investor with $25 million, and we were doing... Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing uh, what we call mess pieces in low-rise residential subdivision uh, servicing and construction loans. So... Uh, it was Scott Cameron, who was uh, the former president of MCAP, left MCAP, but left on good terms and s- remained a uh, business partner. So we were doing these second mortgages or mezzanine mortgages behind MCAP first mortgages. And we don't see a lot of these deals anymore uh, as far as low-rise residential subdivision servicing and construction because there just isn't as much land. Obviously, the city has gone vertical, uh, post to horizontal, but... Uh, 15 years ago, there were quite a few low-rise developments with major subdivisions and, you know, lots needed to be serviced. So if you don't know what servicing, servicing of a lot is, is essentially turning a farm field into uh, severed lots where you put the municipal services in, you bring the sewers in, you bring the streets, you bring the hydro, you bring the gas, you bring the water, you bring everything up to uh, the lot line, uh, you put the curbs on the roads. And then you sever those lots, and historically you'd sell those lots to home builders. There used to be a big distinction in this industry um, between actual developers and builders. Mm-hmm. But now it's all sort of morphed into one uh, because at, at one point in time, and I don't know what year it was, it was probably in the mid 90s, the profit became basically zero on development, and all the profit was made on building houses. So, whereas before you could make a good profit on just developing, and then a great profit on home building as well. So there was, you know, those who provided the severed lots to the builders, and then the builders would buy the lots and build the homes and sell the homes. Yeah. But uh, the evolution of the increased cost of land made that not as much of a viable business. So developer, the word developer is sort of sort of means everything. You buy the land, you you service the land, you build it, you know, you do all the entitlements. Uh, you do the sales, the marketing, you, and you build the houses, and then you sell them. So, anyways, just uh, to, not to not to get too far off topic, what what Cameron Stevens did and how we got started is we had a fund, uh, and we were doing these second mortgages behind the first mortgages, uh, predominantly from MCAP at the time, and then we ventured out into a number of different institutional partners where we would take a, what we call a B piece of the deal and uh, and just credit enhanced the deal with a little bit of mezzanine money. So mezzanine money is essentially the difference between the bank loan and the total amount of equity that a developer would have to put in. It's, and so uh, what's a, the difference what's the, what's the difference in the interest rate between the A piece or the, the first mortgage or, or the B piece or the or the uh, the, the second mortgage? Yeah, tr- traditionally speaking it depends where you get the A piece from. Um, so the A piece in a, in a mortgage or the senior debt uh, traditionally has come from the banks. You know, 15, 20, 25 years ago, there wasn't really much space for other A pieces. You know, so our institutional lenders that we work with that would compete with the banks are made up of a variety of uh, life companies, trust companies, credit unions, tier two banks, and other just large financial institutions that want to be in the development business but don't actually want to go out on the street, originate, you know, do the marketing, do the underwriting, credit adjudication, the servicing administration that uh, we provide. So we will we'll compete with um, the, the A pieces or the banks on, on that A piece. But the, the banks internally, and this is another discussion for, for episode two, 
the banks have become more and more and more conservative over the last 15 years, and they just don't want to take the risk that they took, you know, in the early 90s. Wow. And, uh, and that's allowed for companies like ours to come in and provide this uh, sort of bridge between completely private money and completely bankable or institutional money. Hmm. So we uh, so, so to answer your question, what's the, the price? So our A pieces, our institutional pieces, are competitive with the banks. Depending on the type of loan uh, we, we look at, the price rate differs. So the types of loans that we do, we do land loans, we do construction loans, we do, well, I guess in order we do land, uh, we would do servicing uh, financing. There's not, like I said, as many of those as there used to be, but in Alberta we're seeing quite a few just outside of Calgary and Edmonton. There's a lot of low-rise sites still being built. Not to say there aren't still low-rise subdivisions being built in the GTA, just not as many um, as there used to be, and we do see a lot more mid-rise uh, and high-rise than we see on the low-rise side. And then we do uh, the construction, and then if there's any commercial retail in the condo, on you know, ground floor commercial, we'll do commercial term on that or a bridge loan on that. And we also do something called inventory financing. So if you build a condo, 100 units, and there's uh, 15 units left, and you want to pull some equity out of those units, we do an inventory loan on those as well. So our pricing ranges depending on what kind of loan we do. Yeah. Um, I'd say anywhere from, we, we price everything traditionally over prime. So prime today is at 3.95%. Sounds like the Bank of Canada is going to hold that at um, so we're from anywhere from prime plus one to prime plus two on a construction loan. Wow. Yeah, and that's, you know, the banks are usually prime plus one to prime plus one and a quarter, prime plus 75 to prime plus one and a quarter. So we're just slightly higher than the banks usually. Yeah. But we offer traditionally more uh, flexible, creative financing solutions than they may have. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly doing a lot of, you know, studies on the rental market and now that they've, you know, uh, taken off rent control on buildings after November 2018. Um, you know, definitely a lot more interest. Are you guys looking at any, you know, rental financing? We look at tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We're looking at, uh, I'd say, just as much rental financing as we are condo construction. Wow. Yeah. It's it's and interesting. You, yeah. So will you do the, you know, the construction loan and the, and like the permanent loan? Is that a different uh, structure? Well, the, on an apartment building, CMHC is very, very hard to compete with. Okay. So they're doing the majority of the term financing once the okay. building's built. A lot of the developers that we're looking at apartment financing with will sell the building either on completion or they'll allow for some level of uh, lease-up period and stabilization, and then they'll sell it to a major REIT. So a lot of the... REITs have great long-standing relationships with the CMHC lenders and are just putting a CMHC loan in place. Yeah. So we're traditionally just doing the construction loan. But I, the, the reason I say we're looking at just as much construction or condo construction as uh, apartment construction is because every developer, when they buy a site, they're doing an analysis as to what's going to be more profitable and what the costs are for apartment versus the costs of construction. And you know where should they? What what direction should they go? And they and they and they cost out both. And oftentimes we start underwriting in one direction, and then they come back to us and say, "Listen, I think we're going to switch switch routes here, or the or vice versa. You know, we're going to do a condo, and then they may change their mind and say, you think the costing may work better as you know, we found a buyer, we came to us, they'll buy the whole building. We don't have to do worry about the marketing and the sales, and we'll we're going to just flip this off to one of the big REITs and 
you know, be done with it. And then from a lending standpoint, we know our exit. Our exit is a, a purchase from a significant player who we yeah. know has the capability to to close, and that gives us a lot of comfort and the ability to get it through credit a lot easier. Yeah. And are, are any of these REITs coming and just ask you know asking the developer just to be a, a, a or just to be a merchant builder and just you know build this thing out or are they well it's essentially they, they, what they're becoming if they're buying if they're if they're if the if the read is taking the, the the risk of purchasing the asset on essentially completion of construction then yeah that's that's essentially what they've become yeah. merchant builder or developer because they're not taking up any of the marketing or any of the stabilization risk yeah, I'm interested uh, to see what the difference in like a cost of construction. Obviously, in a on a condo apartment project, you're there's a lot of customization. People are doing different stuff within yeah. the units. Uh, I would say, generally speaking, they're smaller. You know, vastly re- different. Yeah, rental apartment developers don't like to do a lot of studios and stuff like that because there's greater turnover, and then there's costs with you know damaged units and all that uh, interesting stuff. But I would I would imagine as a as a as a rental apartment owner um, that they were worried about like the quality and the quality standing up because they're owning this asset long term versus hey let's just make like, it look shiny and nice <laughs> for yeah. our condo purchasers when they when they buy it and then uh, you know your your appliances explode in five years all condo developers aren't perfect Hi, Ben Myers here. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. The conversation between Steve and I was getting a little bit long, so we decided to chop it up into two different episodes. So please stay tuned for the next Toronto Under Construction podcast, where we talk about everything Toronto real estate. Bye-bye. Toronto Under Construction, a podcast about everything Toronto real estate. 